Good morning, church. Philippians 2, 25 through 30. Philippians 2, 25 through 30. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. I'm sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know that you will be glad to see him, and that I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. May God bless the reading of his word. Emily and Cole, thank you for doing our reading today. I'd like to ask you to pray with me as we prepare our hearts for the message this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you took the risk to take on human flesh, to be born, to live, to die, to conquer death, that we might live forever with you. Lord, we pray for those that we love that have taken a great risk and have rejected you. And we pray, Lord, before it's too late, that they would accept a relationship with you and come to know you. Lord, we pray for ourselves, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, the Spirit that you sent on Pentecost as we celebrate the birth of the church, that we would choose every day, D, to desire, aid, ask, why to yield to the Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to expand the ministries of churches worldwide through the World Wide Web, and that Jesus Christ would be magnified in homes, in huts, in tents, wherever people might be, through live streaming of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, for your blessing upon our brothers and sisters who are greatly suffering right now, who are experiencing undue hardship because of lockdowns and shelter-in-place orders. For those who lack food, we pray, Lord, that you would provide for them and minister to them and continue to use us and use our friend, Pastor Chris, and others as they get the food out, both that physical food and the spiritual food. Lord, we do pray for an end of this crisis, but not before we've repented of sin and turned to Jesus Christ. May your will be accomplished through what is going on in the world today. May Christ be glorified through the difficulties that we each are experiencing now. May we continue to be Christ-focused, not COVID-focused in our thinking. And Lord, as we look into your word today, may the Holy Spirit speak to us a word that is fresh and nourishing and powerful and glorifying to Jesus Christ through me. And we pray these things in that beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. Perhaps you've heard that phrase, life is risky, live anyway. From the moment of your conception, both you as a human embryo 
and your parents, as the co-creators of your life, were taking a risk. Life is risky. And getting pregnant and being born, having children, growing up, all those things are risky. And after you survived life in the womb and childbirth, and unprepared youthful parents trying to raise you, you started adding your own rest to the equation, like paper clips in the wall sockets, or climbing up bookcases, or pulling the cat by its tail, or jumping in the deep end of the pool before you even know how to swim. And then, of course, there's the risk of high school. It's amazing any of us even survived. I want to show you a picture here of my high school days. And this is what we used to do for fun. My dad was stationed in Newport, Rhode Island on a Navy ship, and we lived in Portsmouth. And one of the things that my friends and I used to do is we'd go out to this bridge that you see there, and we'd jump off into the water below. And there was maybe 30-some feet below. And in that picture, that isn't me jumping because I was the photographer that day, but I did jump off that bridge and that's my friend Danny. I want to give him the credit for the jump. Life is risky. Live anyway. All of us choose different risks to take and maybe different risks to avoid. What's risky for one person is too risky for another and isn't risky to someone else. But there's one risk that all of us must take. All of us do take. And it's common to all of us. And it's a risk related to relationships. Which brings us rather quickly and immediately to our first principle for us today. Number one, if you've printed out the outline there, here it is. Fill in the blanks. Number one, relationships are risky. Relationships are risky. Pursue relationships anyway. Pursue relationships anyway. I would propose that the greatest joys in life as well as the greatest heartaches in life, all revolve around relationships. And some people think, well, I don't want to have any heartaches, so I just won't have any relationships. Well, that's risky too. In fact, they say people that don't have relationships have poor health, more risk of mental illness, and dying early. And those people who want to avoid a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the riskiest decision you could ever make. And it will plunge you into eternity of lostness. In our present sermon series, Letters from Quarantine, we come today to our third person of influence. Let me remind you where we've been. We've already looked at the Apostle Paul, our first person of influence, and we saw that when he was squeezed, he became one of the most influential people who has ever lived for the kingdom of God when he was squeezed. Last week, we looked at a second person of interest. We looked at Timothy. He was the mentor of the Apostle Paul. And Timothy went from being a servant with Paul to being a son to Paul to being a successor of Paul. And Timothy demonstrates to us the person behind the scenes. The person behind the scenes that makes ministry happen. Not everyone can be in front of the camera, but we can't have the person in front of the camera without the people behind the scenes making ministry work. 
And today we come to a third person of influence, a person who was a risk taker, a man by the name of Epaphroditus. And the reason I refer to Epaphroditus as a risk taker is because that's what the Scripture says about him. That's how the Scriptures refer to him. Look with me in Philippians chapter 2 as we continue. We're going to start with verse 29 and look at verse 30 as well. Verse 29, therefore receive him, that's Epaphroditus, in the Lord with all joy, and hold men like him in high regard, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in your service to me. Now, as you know, words are important. In fact, words make up a sentence, which make up the meaning. I'd like to point out a few words before we continue. Notice it says, hold men like him. You're going, what about women like him? Well, the word men isn't actually in the original Greek. It's a gender-neutral word, which means such as. So you could say, hold people such as him in high regard, men and women. And high regard is a word which means precious. So hold men and women that are like this as precious because they've, re- they've risked their lives. They've taken a risk. And Paul says, he did it to complete what was deficient in your service to me. What the Philippians were unable to do for the Apostle Paul because they lived so far away, Epaphroditus was able to do by risking his life. He was a risk taker. Now that phrase, risking his life, that word risking comes from a Greek word, of course, and it's a Greek word, para volevome. And para volevome, I'm told, is a word that was used by someone who was gambling and was staking everything on the roll of the dice. In fact, in the early church, there was an association of men and women who were called para-volani. And para-volani means gambler. It comes from the same word. This is a noun form. And they were called gamblers because these Christians would take a risk and would risk their lives and go minister to people who were in prison and people who were ill with dangerous and infectious diseases. And Epaphroditus was such a gambler. He was someone who was willing to risk his life to minister to the Apostle Paul, to have a relationship with him. Now, all relationships involve personal risk to some degree. There's the risk of disappointment, the risk of rejection. There's the risk of loss of someone you love. There's the risk of physical harm and emotional harm and spiritual harm in a relationship. And some people are much more risky to have a relationship with than other people. And it would seem having a close relationship with the Apostle Paul was quite risky. I mean, think about it. He not only was a man who experienced a lot of his own misfortunes, he was shipwrecked, not once, not twice, three times. I mean, Whoever gets shipwrecked three times? He was bitten by a poisonous viper, one of those two-step vipers that, you know, you get two steps and you're dead. 
and he didn't die. And he sure was imprisoned a lot, and he sure got beat up a lot. And he was a wanted man who eventually would be beheaded by his own government. That's a risky person to have as a friend. And yet Epaphroditus was a risk taker. And he pursued a relationship with the Apostle Paul. You might recall we mentioned last week that Timothy, our other person of influence, is mentioned at least 17 times by name in the Scriptures. Epaphroditus, on the other hand, is only mentioned once in Scripture, and it's right here. This is the only time that he's mentioned in all of Scripture, and the main thing that's highlighted about him, recorded in Scripture for all humanity to know, is that Epaphroditus was a risk taker when it came to relationships. Relationships are risky. Pursue relationships anyway. When a young man like Mark, who we highlighted earlier, buys an expensive diamond ring that I used in the children's sermon, thank you very much, and he plans an evening out, and he gets down on one knee, and he proposes to his girlfriend, he's taking a risk. She could say yes. That's a risk. <laughs> she could say no. That's a risk. And think of the risk the young gal is taking. She's taking a risk if she does say yes. And she's taking a risk if she says no. And if she's really a big risk taker, she might pop the question first. And she might be the one to ask him to marry her. Relationships are risky, but we should pursue relationships anyway. Now, it's under important to understand the backstory with Epaphroditus. As you know, the Apostle Paul is imprisoned and house arrest in Rome, and he's responsible to provide for his own food and the things he needs for the necessities of life. And yet he's house arrested and he's chained to a guard. So he's a missionary who's completely dependent on his sending churches to send him money to survive. And without that money, without that sustenance, he can't survive. And the only way for his home church in Philippi, Greece, to get money to him where he is, is through the first century version of PayPal. And in the first century, PayPal worked like this. You send your pal to bring you the pay. So the church had to send a person to Paul carrying lots and lots of money at lots and lots of risk. And just to remind you how far that was, let's look at that map that we looked at last week to see how far that he had to go. And he had to go all the way across Greece and the Adriatic, across Italy to get there, over 1,200 kilometers. And he'd be doing that carrying not a check, not a credit card, not even paper currency. He'd be carrying heavy coinage what a risk. Just like our church that sends out teams to places like Uganda, we take a risk to help other people because we love them. 
And so Epaphroditus took the risk to minister to the Apostle Paul. And he was supposed to not only bring money there, but Epaphroditus was supposed to stay there until Paul had his court hearing and found out whether he was going to be released or whether he was going to be beheaded. And Epaphroditus was staying there waiting for the news. But then something happened. There was a crisis. Epaphroditus got sick. And so he was sent home early because he nearly died. Notice what it says in Philippians 2, beginning in verse 25. Verse 25, Paul sends Epaphroditus home early. He says, I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier. Notice all these accolades, brother, worker, soldier, who is also your messenger. And that word messenger is a Greek word, apostle, and minister to my need. He starts off by praising Epaphroditus. Because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you heard that he was sick, for indeed he was sick to the point of death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I have sent him all the more eagerly in order that when you see him again, you may rejoice and I may be less concerned about you. Paul says that Epaphroditus was at the point of death. And that word there is a very colorful Greek word, which is only used this one time in all of Scripture. It's a Greek word, paraplesion. And paraplesion comes from two Greek words, which means near neighbor. Death was Epaphroditus' closest neighbor. Like we say, death, death's door, you're at the foot of death's door. Well, he had a neighbor, and the neighbor's name was death. He almost died. The Apostle Paul was at risk of losing a very loving friend. The Philippian church was at risk of losing their entire mission team. And Epaphroditus was at risk of losing his very own life because he wanted a relationship. Which brings us to our second principle, number two, and that's this. Secondly, serving Jesus is risky. Serving Jesus is risky. Serve Jesus anyway. Serve Jesus anyway. The Apostle Paul was in prison because he served Jesus. And he would later be imprisoned again after being released, and he would be beheaded for loving Jesus. Serving Jesus is risky. Serve Jesus Anyway, it's quite possible that Epaphroditus had contracted, when he was visiting Paul in Rome, what was called the Roman fever. Recent archaeological and DNA research has discovered that the Roman fever was most likely the most, seriously, the most serious and deadly form of malaria. Malaria, we know, came from Africa in the first century during the time of Christ on ships that were doing trade in Africa and came over to Rome and brought malaria. And it's quite possible that Epaphroditus was a victim of malaria from which he nearly died. Fast forward 2,000 years, 21st century, where malaria kills 
between one and some people estimate up to three million people a year. One to three million people a year die of malaria. And an overwhelming majority of the people who die of malaria are children five years old and younger. And 80 to 90% of malaria is found in sub-Saharan Africa. In other words, where our beloved friends in Uganda are. Well, Epaphroditus survived his near-death experience. That gave great relief to the Apostle Paul, who, although he had been used by God to miraculously heal other people, he wasn't able to miraculously heal Epaphroditus. And so Paul prayed and prayed and prayed, and he was worried. And Paul says in verse 27, For indeed he was sick to the point of death. Death was his near neighbor. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Imagine losing Epaphroditus, who came to minister to Paul. What sorrow that would have brought. Well, Epaphroditus' ministry didn't turn out as planned. He delivered the money okay, but he, he went home early. The trial hadn't happened yet. They didn't know if Paul was going to be beheaded or released, and Epaphroditus went home. And the church would have been shocked by Epaphroditus coming home early without the news. Because that's one reason they sent him there, to find out what would happen at Paul's trial. So to help anyone, to keep anyone from saying things against Epaphroditus, Paul writes in verse 29 this. He says in verse 29, Therefore, receive him in the Lord with all joy, and hold men like him, literally such as him, men or women, in high regard. In other words, as precious. What kind of people should be held as precious, as high regard? People who take risks in their relationships. Risks with others, risks for Jesus. Relationships are risky, pursue relationships anyway. Serving Jesus is risky, serve Jesus anyway. By the way, do you, do you know what Epaphroditus means? It means charming. <laughs> Not a very manly name. Hey, charming. <laughs> How's charming? Oh, charming. You came home early. How charming. You can just hear it. So Paul gives charming a new moniker, a new nickname. Risk taker. Whoa, don't call me charming. Call me risk taker. And that's Epaphroditus. You see, it may be nice to be charming, but it's necessary to be a risk taker in your relationships. Everyone listening right now, has to take a risk with Jesus Christ. You have to decide if Jesus is who he says he is and that he can offer you eternal life and salvation or whether it's not true and you reject him and you take a risk. What risk have you taken? I have taken the risk that Jesus is truthful, that he's the Son of God, that he died for my sins, he rose from the grave. He sent the Holy Spirit. And because I placed my faith in him, I will spend eternity with him. Why would you take any other risk? If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
like you to join me and have everyone join me right now in prayer. Shall we pray together? With their heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, you're taking a terrible risk. You will spend eternity in a Christless place that the world calls hell. Is that a risk you're willing to take? Not me. If you want Jesus in your life, cry out to him and say, Lord Jesus, save me, and he will. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for our sins, that you conquered death, rose from the grave. Thank you that you ascended to heaven, you sent the Holy Spirit, and the church was born. Lord, help us as a church to carry out your will and bring others into your kingdom. It's in your wonderful, beautiful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.